It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. I'm happy to be joined by the Atlanta Botanical Gardens this morning. Kind of a spooky show, a Halloween-themed show. So who better to come on than George Gunther? He's the Orchid Horticultural Curator there at ABG. Good morning, George. Good morning, Ashley. So you guys were at the top of my mind for spooky holiday plants. I was fortunate enough to be able to visit the Atlanta Botanical Garden just about a month ago and saw the bat flower, bat plant, which is such a cool feature in the conservatory and some other things that I want to talk to you about. But how about we kind of give folks an idea of some spooky themed plants that they could consider for themselves? Absolutely. <laughs> so we have some fantastic Halloween themed plants right now here at the Botanical Gardens. Uh, as you mentioned, we have the taca, the bat flowers, uh, currently blooming in our conservatory space in the big rotunda, as well as something really cool called an Aristolochia vine, mm. a Dutchman's pipe vine that has the look of brain matter when the flowers oh, open. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. We also have these fantastic Dracula orchids in our high elevation house in the Fuqua Orchid Center. Uh, these plants have weird hinged lips that resemble mushrooms that they actually use to attract their pollinators. But a lot of people know them as monkey face orchids, alternatively. Okay. And we also have some fantastic pitcher plants. I think they're kind of cool because they eat their prey, right? It's kind of like they're just lying in wait for some poor insect to land there, right? They do. They lure them in with all sorts of sweet nectars and fragrances. And when the insects land, they slip and fall into the pitchers and get digested by the plant. And a pitcher plant for good reason, because it's kind of a long tubular flower. And a lot of those, um, at least in the warmer months, a couple of months back, were planted right outside the conservatory, kind of in a, I don't know what that area was meant to be, kind of a swampy area, right, that stays a little wetter. Yeah, absolutely. That's our sort of native bog garden out there. We have several different species of Saracenia pitcher plants native to the southeastern region growing out there, intermingled with a lot of other cool bog plants. Now, how big of a success do you think the scarecrow exhibit and the decorations were? That was a hoot to go see that, even with young kids, too. Like, different organizations got together and were able to have their own themed scarecrow in the garden. It's been wonderful. Uh, the scarecrows this year are fantastic. We've had a huge turnout, both in terms of submissions and guest visitation. Um, I know everyone's had a ton of fun. I've really enjoyed seeing all the variety that we have here. People are just so creative. They're so clever. So definitely check out my Facebook page, Green and Growing WSB. You'll see some, some of the pictures of just a few that actually made me laugh out loud. Well, George, I want to go back to that bat flower because we got to describe that on the radio and give folks kind of a, a visual for what that is. One of the most stunning dark purple, almost black flower. Mm -hmm. And how does it get its name? So it's uh, known as the bat flower because of the large winged protrusions on the flower. It almost seems to be flying through the air, and it has these sort of long, whiskery protrusions from the flower as well. Uh, some people even call it a leopard uh, flower as well as a bat flower because of that sort of crazy mammal whisker uh, look to it. Um, and again, yeah, very, very dark wing-like uh, petals on it. And now that's not something that I could probably go to Pike Nursery and buy to put in my garden. So what's the story behind getting it to Atlanta Botanical Garden? And is it something that's 
somewhat native to the southeastern United States? It is not, actually. Uh, bat flowers are typically found in different parts of Southeast Asia. There's actually a few different species. We, we have two of them here at the gardens. Um, they are not unheard of if, for private growers. Uh, some nurseries do carry them. They, they sprout up from a sort of large bulb. And if you have the right, more t- sort of tropical conditions, you can, you can grow them at home. Fantastic. All right. And we mentioned the Dracula orchid. That's kind of spooky as well. But Mm -hmm. we can leave the Halloween theme for just a second because I was, I mean, I read every little bit of literature and signage that there was in the Orchid Center there at Atlanta Botanical Garden. How many varieties of orchids would you guys say you have on display? This is a traffic red alert. From 95.5 WSB. 712 in the Corey Carrier WSB 24-hour traffic center. Red alert continues in DeKalb County. A crash investigation has all lanes shut down. I-20 eastbound at Flatshoals Road, exit number 63. Use Glenwood Avenue or Memorial Drive as alternates. More minutes on 95.5 WSB. Mike Shields busy in the 24-hour traffic center. So, yeah, I'm sorry, George. My conversation with George Genther here from the Atlanta Botanical Gardens about how many varieties of orchids are there. Oh, goodness. Uh, We have a very extensive collection of orchids here at the Atlanta Botanical Garden. On display, uh, the number of varieties, species and varieties, probably numbers into the hundreds. Uh, Between our orchid display house and our high elevation house, we have a lot of varieties for everyone to see here. And now, since you work in that center, give our folks who... I mean, you're either good at orchids or you're not, okay? So some folks get them for the holidays, like in the spring. They're beautiful. They hold their flowers for so long and then Mm -hmm. can't, they just don't have the luck to get them to rebloom. So can you give us some basic hints and maybe tips to uh, be successful with home orchids? Uh, There are a few basic things um, that can help a lot with getting your orchid to do well and rebloom at home. Uh, one of them is uh, repotting your orchid oftentimes uh, after it's finished blooming. Uh, repotting it when it's blooming sometimes can disrupt the flowering cycle and you'll lose the blooms early. But if you repot after they bloom with fresh mix, a lot of times the mix from nurseries tends to be a little bit more broken down by the time you get them. Uh, you can increase the health of the plant and push it towards blooming again in the relative future. Uh, additionally, uh, Phalaenopsis orchids, your kind of classic moth orchids that mm-hmm. you might find at uh, many of the box stores, um, are somewhat triggered to bloom by changes in temperature. Uh, so I'm originally from Minnesota, and the way we would trick our Phalaenopsis into blooming in the winter months was to put them in a cool windowsill in the fall, where typically the nighttime temperature is going to be 10 to 15 degrees lower mm-hmm. because it's by that window. Uh, And that temperature drop at night for a couple of weeks actually helps to stimulate the plant to flower. Hmm. Now, what's the typical blooming period for an orchid? I mean, is it common for it to bloom twice a year or do we just really expect once a year? And if you get it twice, you're lucky? You know, they're kind of all over the place. Uh, Phalaenopsis orchids, the the classic hybrids we see in stores, uh, can typically bloom twice a year when they're really healthy and happy. Um, I see a lot of people typically getting more like one bloom a year, and it it can be variable. There isn't necessarily a season for those because they have um, so much different background in their their hybrids. Some of the species Phalaenopsis, though, can go all summer long. 
Yeah, and some are, you know, when you buy them at a nursery or at a grocery store or something, give them as a gift. They're forced, I guess, at different times, so it's really hard mm-hmm. to be able to tell. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you recommend as far as the fertilization that an orchid needs? For phalaenopsis orchids, I would recommend, depending on the mix it's in, I would recommend fertilizing maybe two to three times a month uh, with a balanced fertilizer, but also something that is low typically in phosphorus. Um, They don't need a lot of phosphorus because they're naturally epiphytes, and phosphorus isn't available in the environments that they would grow in or is as easily available. Yeah, um, but air, yeah, air roots, right? That's why they Correct. are so successful just out in nature, because they have air roots and don't really need that soil. That's right. Well, George, I want to give you the opportunity to tell folks what's going on right now at Atlanta Botanical Gardens. This is the second to last day to see the scarecrows in the garden. Y'all are taking that down tomorrow, November 1st, right? Mm-hmm. That is correct. We do have something big coming up. So our scarecrows go down, unfortunately, but then very soon we will have our Garden Lights Holiday Nights coming back around this year. Uh, It'll be running from November 14th to January 16th, and our tickets are already available online. Uh, We're planning ahead uh, for everything here. We're getting everybody set up, and we are planning to have, uh, you know, regulated capacities and appropriate social distancing so that everyone can come out enjoy our oasis here in the center of Atlanta and uh, have a beautiful holiday experience at the gardens. All right, George Genther from the Orchid Horticultural Curator in the Atlanta Botanical Garden Center there right in the heart of Midtown. George, it's been so fun talking to you and thanks for giving us some fantastic ideas for some spooky plants. Absolutely. Thank you, Ashley. Great to talk to you. So love having Atlanta Botanical Gardens as part of the show. And if you want to see what some of these plants are that we're talking about, I know we tried to give you the best visual possible. Go to my Facebook page, search Green and Growing WSB, like or follow the Facebook page, and you can see that fantastic bat plant. It does. It looks just like a bat. Chinese lanterns are fun. Spider plant, aptly named because it looks like a bunch of little spiders. And the pitcher plant, which I've already referred to once in the show, but that's a pretty spectacular bog plant as well. So my thanks to Atlanta Botanical Gardens coming up on 718. And yeah, we have a traffic red alert. We're going to get you around town next on WSB. It's Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on 95.5 WSB. The news, weather, and traffic team will be here first thing Monday morning to help you get back to work on time and informed. Now back to Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca on 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's News and Talk. Happy Halloween. We are off the air soon here on Green and Growing so that we may present to you the tailgate show for the Georgia Bulldogs there in Lexington, Kentucky, facing off against the Kentucky Wildcats. And that's going to be early. Tailgates at 8 and kickoff is at noon right here on your home of the dogs. So I'm with you for just a little bit longer. Hope you're enjoying a little bit of a Halloween-themed show. We're going to have more Halloween ideas and plants coming up at the bottom of the hour with Pike Nursery and what plant they're recommending you check out this weekend and this week in the nursery. Uh, lots of good calls. First, the weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. Today, we've already hit a low in the low 40s. It only gets warmer from here. High in the low 60s. It's dry. Tomorrow, partly cloudy to start the day. And then a high around 67. That's going to really be some good news. All right, out to Carroll County. We say good morning to Tim calling from Villa Rica. Welcome to the show. Yes. Um, I moved in this house a couple of months back and I inherited a fig jungle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this thing is like 10, 12 feet tall and 20, 30 feet. I really need to, without killing, I will need to prune it back a lot. So, yeah. I mean, well, you're calling it a good time. When do I do that? 
All right, you're calling at a really good time, Tim, because I've got some good news for you. So turkey and Celeste are two of the fig varieties in the bushes that do really here in the south. Um, Yeah, I mean, they can grow to a height of 15 feet, right? So for some major overhaul pruning, I would recommend January, Tim. January is going to be the best time to get in there and do that. Uh, First, by removing some of the vertical sprouts, the tall stems, that are just much, much taller than all the rest. You have to really get in there. And it's best to take those shoots and those stems all the way back to the base if you can. I know it's probably really crowded in there, though. So if you can't do that, at least cut it back to a spot where there's a smaller limb than what you're removing. Cut it back to that. Um, And keep in mind with fig bushes, the fruits are going to grow on the ends of the horizontal limbs. So you want to take out as few horizontal limbs as you can. Um, And obviously this major pruning in January is going to invigorate new growth, you know, and juvenile growth. So that takes probably six to eight months before that new growth is going to be able to put out the horizontal stems that then are going to have figs. So the more new growth we're going to get, you may miss as big of a bumper crop um, of figs as you would like. But start with that. Uh, reducing it by taking out as many vertical stems as you need to. Leave some of the horizontal stems alone if you can. Um, That's going to be a good start, I hope. And then that's your major pruning in January. And then you can definitely do it once again in June, maybe. Um, You're going to have plenty of leaves into April and all of that. You're going to have new vertical shoots that are growing. And then a light pruning can be done in mid-June just to take out more of those juvenile sprouts if you need to. Um, If that's not done in June, the plant develops or devotes a higher portion of its resources to those new shoots, right? So it's using all its energy to promote those new shoots that are put on by the pruning you do in January. And we want that energy to go toward making fruit. So just keep kind of removing those juvenile stems. So January and June is going to be really good for you. Make sure to use sharp shears, Tim, and get to work. It's going to it's going to pay off in dividends. I guarantee you you're going to be really happy with some figs. We're going to take a break back with Pike Nursery and more of your calls here on Green and Growing 404-872-0750. I hope you join us. Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Hey, welcome to Green and Growing here on 95.5 WSB. Yes, it's just after 7.30, and this is not typically the time that you get to hear Pike Nursery, but today it is. I'm happy to have them on the show an hour early. We're going to be off the air at 8 o'clock for the Tailgate Show UGA at Lexington, Kentucky, to face off against the Kentucky Wildcats and All of the pregame and then the kickoff at noon can be heard right here on your Home of the Dogs, 95.5 WSB. But for now, I thank Kara Mulvey, who's the store manager of Holcomb Bridge, the Pike Nursery located there in the Alpharetta area. Hey, good morning, Kara. Good morning, Ashley. Thanks for having me on. I'm glad you joined us early and you are coming on to talk about one of the favorite plants right now at the nursery, something with a lot of color and it's colorful despite not having flowers. That's interesting. I'm here to talk about hookera. Hookera is a great shade part sun perennial. Um, it has great foliage color. You do get some inconspicuous blooms in the summer and fall, 
um, but there's not a ton of blooms on it. What the main attraction to this plant is, is the foliage. They come in a range of different colors. They have lime green, they have dark purple, there's red. Um, so there's a range of colors to kind of match your garden. So some folks may also know this as coral bells. We're talking about the same plant there. And you just went through all the colors, Kara, which it's amazing that foliage can be all those different colors. Give us some of the names of the varieties, because I think you can almost envision the color just from hearing how cleverly named they are. One of my favorites is obsidian hookera. It has this very dark purple um, foliage on it. It does get a little tiny pink flower on it in the spring and fall, but it just has this really deep colored foliage on it. It's beautiful, especially to mix with some pansies and other things like that. Then you have peach flambe. Um, It's got bright peach foliage with little tiny hints of red in it. Um, And then we have carnival cocoa mint. And it's got a mint green foliage with silver veins and a deep burgundy center in the foliage. And it's just absolutely beautiful. Um, There's timeless night, which is almost a black foliage. Um, It's great for adding a little contrast in the garden. And it does also create that dark pink bloom in the spring and this is halloween weekend so how cool would it be to have almost a black plant right there at some of the containers and the pots that you've got at the front door for the trick-or-treaters to see tonight yes and you could add a few little orange uh, pansies with it and it would be absolutely beautiful cool i love it all right now where are folks most successful putting these coral bells because i know you mentioned they're perennial So how should we plant those? They are most successful in containers. Um, They do really well with well-draining soil. If you do want to put them in the ground, um, make sure that it's just very well-draining soil. It's not too soggy of an area. They do want to be adequately watered. They just don't want to sit in water, and they don't want too much water on their foliage. We mentioned, Kara, I'm speaking with Kara Mulvey from the Holcomb Bridge Pike Nursery location a little early on the show today. But for those of you who want to get an early start on your shopping, Pike Nursery, what time do you guys open in the morning, Kara? Monday through Sunday, we are open 9 to 6. Um, We do have a vulnerable hour from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Monday through Friday. So we talked about maybe orange pansies up against the heuchera, the timeless night, which is almost kind of a black. But y'all have got some other really good ideas, too, as far as companion plants, something that would look good up against the foliage of coral bells. One of my favorite things to mix, especially if you have a shade container, because there's not a ton of winter annuals that will bloom in the shade, but a few of my favorites would be an autumn fern, um, especially if you have that kind of red heuchera that brings out the red in the autumn fern. Um, You do have helleborus that bloom in the wintertime, and they bloom in the shade, Um, and that is a perennial as well. It's an evergreen perennial. does great, and it's very drought tolerant. Um, There's cyclamen, which has very vibrant colors, red, white, pink, salmon. Uh, Those look great with heuchera and autumn ferns as well. Um, I think a good centerpiece, if you're trying to do a container with like a thriller, filler, and spiller, um, I think a great centerpiece would be a camellia or a pieris, something that gives you a little bit more blooms in the wintertime and just adds to that pretty color. 
Now, let me ask you about the cyclamen really quick, not to get off topic, but I was at Pike Nursery in town like last weekend and noticed a lady with a ton of cyclamen on her cart and she had the pinks and the whites. How long do those last through the cold weather? So depending on our winter, they can last, you know, maybe through mid-January. What tends to happen is if we get a really hard freeze or some snow, the blooms definitely will die back. Um, I would say anything below like 35, they're starting to look a little pitiful. Okay, that's such a fun plant. So yeah, that complements Mm -hmm. the heuchera very well. So Kara, for anybody maybe new to Metro Atlanta or wanting to check out a Pike Nursery store when you guys open at 9 o'clock this morning, how do they find the locations? They can go on our website at pikenursery.com, and we have our locations and store hours on there. can also do online orders and curbside pickup at all locations right now. Well, happy Halloween, and thank you for joining us early this morning, Kara. I hope you have a great weekend at the Holcomb Bridge store. Yes, thank you. Have a good weekend. 404-872-0750, the number here on Green and Growing. Getting back to your calls, thanks to Pike Nursery for coming on an hour early today. Tony calling from Snellville. Hey, Tony, good morning. Tony's listening to his radio, so he hears eight seconds behind what's actually live radio right now. So that's why we always tell you, keep your radio off and listen through the phone. Uh, We're going to give Tony just a second to get his bearings there. Up next, Bill and Marietta. Hey, good morning, Bill. Good morning, Ashley. Enjoy your show so much. We really do. Uh, We had a large oak tree come down in the front yard in the Mm. storm on Thursday morning and uh, took out a whole row of our crepe myrtles that are about 20 years old. Uh, They're severely damaged. My question is, is it okay to go ahead and prune all this stuff back uh, at this time? Normally, we wait until January or February to do any pruning on them. Well, first of all, everybody's safe, right? Yes, ma'am. One car got whacked pretty bad, but other than that, nobody's hurt. That's the blessing. Yeah, oak trees, those are scary ones to come down. It doesn't even take the whole tree. Just the large limbs are enough to do some major damage. Well, I'm glad you're okay, Bill, and I'm glad you're able to survey the damage. And, yeah, so you're absolutely right about the crepe myrtles, though. Um, January is ideal to do those. And the good thing about crepe myrtles, they're so forgiving of... Mm-hmm. of bad pruning you know we see crepe murder where they're just cut off to nubs and they still forgive us um there was some research done at the university of georgia that just said fall pruning like now is a little more detrimental because of just making them less tolerant of the cold weather i don't think we're expected to have some bizarrely cold winter though um if kirk Mellish was already predicting some crazy arctic blast to come through um, then, then we would maybe be in trouble pruning those now. Typically, you do want to wait until January. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let that be your call, Bill. I, I really don't think we're gonna have a harsh enough winter that they're not gonna mm-hmm. be able to bounce back. If you do need to do some pruning now, um, mm-hmm. you know, generally start with the, the right kind of pruning though, taking out everything that's maybe the size of your index finger. Um, if you can remove some of those smaller limbs and it be enough do that don't go overboard but yeah with the damage due to an oak tree falling i know you're probably gonna i mean are we talking chainsaw like you're gonna need that Uh, 
saws all with a big blade. Yeah. Oh boy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah my, it's pretty my severe. Rec- yeah, my recommendation. Go ahead and do it now. Um, ideally, for the rest of you listening, though, January is going to be a fine time to wait and do it. But Bill, get out there and do what you need to do, my friend. Got my work orders for today, don't I? <laughs> a to-do list if it involves a sawzaw and some blowers and, and mowers. Yeah, absolutely. Anything to clean up. Amen. Thank you for your help this morning. Thank you. Have a good Saturday morning. I got out there myself yesterday. The oak limbs, the tiny ones, are just atrocious. I filled up a, a lawn refuge bag and a wheelbarrow with the bigger limbs that came off of an oak. And I think our oak in the front was already a little stressed because we had it limbed up. Um, a couple of months ago, and it's putting, you know, a lot more acorns than normal are falling out of it this year. So did some cleaning up myself, picking up the limbs, using the blower, trying to get some of the leaves and just, I mean, the oak leaves everywhere off of the new fescue that we put down. Um, And by the way, it is still an appropriate time to overseed tall fescue if you haven't done that yet. The closer we get to December is a little less optimal, um, but don't feel like you're too late if you haven't done that yet. And I would wait to mow it. When you're getting that new growth coming in and those new blades, we need to give them some time to strengthen up a little bit. So um, I seeded for fescue close to a month ago and just I'm really putting off mowing. Also, something else you could be doing now, if the um, elephant ears and the canna lilies are just starting to look a little straggly, um, my canna lilies were just completely laid over with the weather on Thursday morning. And I didn't see that there was any chance that those were going to perk back up. They were just too heavy and blown over from the high winds. Um, so canna lilies, I went ahead and took those down. I just pruned those. You know, they're very soft stems. Um, took those all the way down to the base. And I don't dig up my elephant ears and my canna lily tubers and bulbs um, every winter. I, I just don't. I think they're hardy enough and established enough. And splitting them, dividing them, that's a great thing to do as well if they're getting a little overgrown for the spot. But I do mound pine straw, a decent amount of pine straw, up over where I cut those canna lilies back just to kind of provide a little bit of insulation. Um, So any winter cleanup or storm cleanup, rather, that you need to be doing is probably a great time to go ahead and get out there and do that. Well, coming up with the remainder of the show, yes, we are off the air a little early today to make way for your number fifth ranked Georgia Bulldogs uh, playing in the Kentucky Wildcats today at noon and all the pregame and the tailgate starts at 8 o'clock. So coming up in just a few minutes after we take a break, I am going to give you your garden to-do list to the top three things, the most optimal things to be doing with your time today. And we may have time to sneak in another call or two, 404-872-0750. And if you didn't have time or didn't have the chance to call this morning and get your question answered, find me on Facebook. Search Green and Growing WSB in there. You can send me pictures of plants. <laughs> Um, and we'll try to figure out what's going on, identify plants for you. And also, there's two really good resources there. There's the Weed of the Week photo album and the Highway Horticulture photo album, which you can look through those and see if maybe something you're seeing in the landscape matches pictures in there. I try to identify those things for you as well as tell you how to take care of them. Coming up on 748, we'll be back on WSB. It's Scott Slade. Did you know you can listen to Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca on Saturday mornings on your smart speaker? And me too, weekday mornings. Just tell your smart speaker, play 95.5 WSB, and we're on. 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's news and talk. Here's Ashley. Come with us and you 
It's Halloween. It's 46 degrees. And the good news for you, it's going to warm up for trick-or-treating. Uh, from Finley Roofing, the weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. And uh, meteorologist Brad Nitz predicting uh, highs today in the low 60s, so a little bit of a warm-up. And tomorrow, partly cloudy to start the day, but don't worry, it will become sunny. Highs around the mid-60s and low around 50. Green, green and growing. Ashley Frasca's top three things to do this weekend. We've had some fun with this list for sure. So number one, you can start thinking about taking cuttings of various plants that you have from friends and family members, even your neighbors. You just got to ask permission before you go cutting their plant. But some of the ones that you can propagate from cuttings, we talked about jade plant earlier in the show, a little house plant, succulent, confederate rose, fig, begonias, and geraniums, just to name a few. Now, begonias and geraniums, I have not had luck with, but you can do it. I know you can do it. And a clean pot and the right soil makes all the difference in the world. That's a good investment. Number two, if some of your mums or aster flowers are either fading or maybe becoming a little leggy just because of some storm damage on Thursday morning, you can cut those back to as short as six to eight inches tall just to clean those up a little bit. And number three, prepare to overwinter plants like Mandevilla, that, that beautiful flowering vine. Prune it away from a trellis now and then just drop the root system into a large pot because you're going to need to take that in. Prune it back to about a foot or two before the first frost and then just move that pot to a moderately heated sunroom or a garage for winter. And to start the show, uh, Nicole from Griffin called and we talked about being prepared to overwinter those things you need to bring in like your hibiscus and Meyer lemon, uh, any bromeliad that may have been outside and pineapple plants. Even if you have that going, that's going to need to be taken in. But some of those are in such large pots. I know it's hard to, to bring those in. And you really need the ideal light, the sunniest place in your house that you can do to bring everything in. They're, they're going to do their best. So there are some things to do as well as just some storm cleanup. I know many of you are just kind of looking out the window, a little feeling a little overwhelmed, but just start small and just spend a few hours out there. It's going to be a nice dry weekend to do it. Well, later on in the day, I'm going to go home and take a snooze since I get off an hour early, but I'm going to post a really good recipe for pumpkin seeds. So if some of you have kept with those pumpkin seeds and, and kept them from carving the pumpkins with the kids, check out the Facebook page, Green and Growing WSB, for a recipe there. And also follow me on Twitter, at Ashley Frasca WSB, talking about traffic incidents as they happen around Metro Atlanta and some stuff related to the show right here, Green and Growing. Been doing the show with you since February and really, really having a good time doing it. And I'm so glad all of you call and take part in the show and also the friendships that we've made. I consider these folks your friends and your resources as well. Um, along the way, some of the experts that we have on the show coming from the Georgia Forestry Commission, Atlanta Botanical Gardens, of course, Pike Nursery, a different store manager every week calls and partakes in the show to give you some of the best advice and things to look out for at the nursery and what you're going to be most successful with in the landscape this time of year. And of course, Walter, Reeves, still part of the show with Walter Wonders coming on at 6.30 every Saturday morning. If you missed any parts of the show, you can certainly go back to wsbradio.com and click on podcasts and find Green and Growing and listen to all three hours commercial free there or uh, Google Play and Spotify. So some scary Halloween music to take us out. I hope everybody stays safe today. Be careful in the neighborhoods, the subdivisions. Drive slowly with those kids out trick-or-treating. Thanks to DeMarco and Rachel for being here with me this morning. I'm getting a little scared. I'm going to go ahead and eke out of here. Happy Halloween, guys. We'll see you next Saturday. It's Halloween. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.